Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. here apparently his internet doesn't work which is quite convenient Heath Pierce mm-hmm. because it's a holiday weekend you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying here I do know what you're saying a little odd a little hey I'm it's not I'm odd. not I'm not one to throw accusations uh but We're it's a little odd stating like, the facts there's a lot yeah. of coincidences here yeah that are happening all of a sudden he goes to his vacation home in Cape Cod and his internet doesn't work interesting interesting anyway let's get into the show Because every weekend now feels like crunch time for the players on the U.S. men's national team. It feels like it's must win, must play well, because decisions need to be made. And I kind of like, Heath, that we have this type of run-up for the Mm -hmm. roster selection, because we're going to find out which players are going to crack under this pressure and which ones will raise their games with everyone watching. And we have to think that the coaching staff is keeping this perspective in mind. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that. But what's also bizarre is just the fact that, like, Fans, including ourselves, are mm-hmm. so in like intentionally watching players based on form right now that we are basically as a fan base saying, "What have you done for me today?" Right, and we're saying, you know, you have a bad game. We're like, "Oh, he's in bad form." Well, you don't play a game. We're like, "Oh, he's not playing." And I think that's a one a validator of just the growth of of, of the fan base right, in the U.S. and the expectations uh, that we are have. You, are you trying to say you don't like those two minute compilation voting videos of how a player performed against a specific team? Those are my yeah, show, favorite. Show me all their touches. Yeah, look at it. Completed <laughs> all of his passes. Uh, and you and I both know that, like, circumstantially, there were games in your career where you were under so much pressure that probably more often than not, you're just lumping it, right? Like, under pressure, you lump it. And then if somebody were to chop that up as a performance, you'd be like, dude, this guy can't pass. <laughs> this guy, no, like, there'd you know, just be like, like uh, there'd, be, there'd be donkey sound effects every time. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, so, and you're just trying so to survive, true. baby. You don't want to make yeah. any mistakes, any fatal yeah. mistakes, that is. Whatever, you lump one forward, that's how it goes. So keep going. But I do like the expectation be, that we're placing on these players now, knowing that it's a crucial period. Now, 
it's probably somewhere in between like none of this matters and every touch of every play matters for the large group of our player pool. But the fact that we've got a number of players in form, we've got competition in positions just for roster spots. Now, you know, we saw, we heard yesterday, Charlie, what did he say? 16 players. He's got locked. Guess 16. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, do, you, do you have around the same or I, I'm probably Not, locking a few more than that, actually, but potentially, like, potentially yeah. we can get into that today. We, we have the 16 and, and if you didn't hear yesterday's show, we can, we can run that past everybody but why don't we do it through this run of games there's a yeah. ton of games for all of our players Heath, and some big ones in particular but we're going to go chronologically today the first time we've ever gone chronologically because there's a couple games happening today mm -hmm. this is friday and the first one is benfica taking on visela visela in uh visela i want to say that mm -hmm. right in in the portuguese league and john brooks probably won't play but you never know because there's a bunch of injuries for benfica center backs in particular but i don't think he'll get the nod in this one visela does have two americans on it just a shout out to alex mendez 21 year old only one start so far this season and 19 year old alejandro alvarado alvarado who uh has been off the bench twice in four games total of 22 minutes so there's not maybe much to report here other than if benfica's back four looks like total crap then maybe john brooks gets in the next game Another one today, and I actually really want to get your take on this, Heath Beer. Celta Vigo takes on Cadiz. And I'm starting to get a little bit worried about Luca De La Torre. He's only played three minutes in three games for Celta Vigo. They have one win, one draw, and one loss. So it's not like they're just absolutely tearing it up and he can't find his way into the team. They just won, They did win their last game. Iago Aspas, I love that guy, by the way. He's banging in the goals as he does. But, but De La Torre doesn't seem to be a guy they're counting on to help them in any way as of yet. I mean, does that give good... you any concern or is it just like, whatever, yeah. he's, a, he's on a La Liga team. So what does it matter? Yeah, I mean, again, this is another one of those moves that I was excited about because I'd like to see him at a, at a, at a larger challenge. But a little bit more of a, what I think is probably a little bit too ambitious of a move in terms of timing, right? If, 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 if. And because he was, I think, I, I believe he was out of contract because of, uh, they went down or it was a small transfer fee. I can't That's remember right. what it was. No, no, it's, he, um, he had a, he had a, he had a uh, release clause in his contract that if they yeah. got, Heracles got relegated in the air from the air to VC, he could move to a different club. That's what happened. He triggered that clause and then moved over. But was to it a free, was it a free move? Do you know? I, I don't, if it was, it wasn't that much. Yeah, it wasn't that much, which means that uh, a club can take a flyer on you without you necessarily being one that they've hunted for months, right? Or like, this is the guy that's going to fix it. Now, he's still young enough that he can he can get those reps and those minutes in the team. But it is worrying because Celta Vigo is a good team, right? If you look across uh, Tapia, Beltran, Servi, Oscar, and then Iospas, as you mentioned up top, like it's a big, it's a, it's a good team. And to find time or space, to find time is going to, it's going to be hard to come by for a player like him um, because he can be so useful in our national team in certain ways. He also has the ability to just not be as impactful as you want, right? He's not all out attack. He's not yeah. all out defense. He's a true two way player that, that, that is good on the ball. But a lot of times in lineups, when you can have somebody that maybe is like, you know, good two way player, but maybe he's going to get me more goals or a good two way player. That's maybe more defensively. He might find himself on on the sideline. So not that's one that I am worried about heading towards the World Cup in terms of what his status was going to yeah. the club and what right. his status might be come World Cup time. Yeah, this one makes me nervous. If you guys want to chime in on Luca De La Torre or any players that we're talking about today and their status within the team, I think he's a lock to go. Of course, I think he's already proven his quality and and gives us a different look in different ways in midfield. But hit us up on Twitter as well, ISWT Pod. Drop us a follow there. It mean a lot. If you're listening to us on Audio Farm, obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, you can keep it going in the comments. Patrick says Luca already secured his spot in the squad. Obviously, it'd be great if he was playing big minutes in La Liga. But he is in. I think we both agree. Charlie would be, he was on his locks from yesterday, the 16 that he named. 
it's just a matter of we still I, yeah, want all of that, our guys sharp and ready to go. Again, I would I would love to be in a situation where you look at Luca De La Torre and you say, hey, man, you made this decision. Not to say there was a perfect decision or maybe he didn't even have any better options. But you hey, didn't man. play. You, <laughs> you reap you, what you sow. Yeah, you reap what you sow. And, th- and that's a perfect world that you're in, right? But almost, I mean, including like the Brazilian national team, you're still going to have <laughs> one or two guys or three guys where you go, yeah, but you know he's still an important part of this national team, and and we know that he can step in right away and be a contributor. So he's 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 a lock for me, and we're not at that point now yet where we've reached critical mass of players playing in big clubs that you know every week matters to their call ups. It's you get a little bit of a longer window, and and to move from move in the summer and play minimal minutes till November, that's still a bigger, that's still a small enough window that you can excuse that if you wanted to. Now, if it's a whole year, that's different. Sure, sure. No, 100%. I do want to add that Cadiz is the worst team in La Liga. They have not scored any goals. They've given up seven. And it just makes me think that if he can't get this game, if he can't get minutes against Cadiz, he's probably not going to get minutes against some of the bigger clubs in La Liga. So I'm just throwing that out yeah, there. Yeah, but if you're Celta Vigo, you're going like, put out our best team and get the points. We need the points, you know? Um, no, I get that. I, I mean, do you mean like, 12, do you mean like, do you, do you mean like subbing in minutes or, yeah, or, or whatever? Like if, yeah, if he doesn't get any minutes against the, the worst team in the league, yeah. I just, it just makes me nervous that they're not going to trust him against some of the bigger clubs. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something of note. All right. Another game happening on Friday, Borussia Dortmund taking on Hoffenheim, which means we're on Gio Reyna watch everybody. I almost want to start nicknaming him bubble boy because I feel like they just got this guy wrapped in plastic wrap every, every week. There's questions for Dortmund manager and Tursich about, What's Giorena's status? And they're like, we're bringing him along slowly. At what point do you just be like, dude, you, you just got to play? Well, it looks you know, like you, he's uh, – well, if, if I'm reading this correctly, and it might not be confirmed, we'll, we'll have the lineups here in about 15 minutes. So we can, um, we can circle back to this. But We'll still, circle back to this, but it looks like Giorena is still considered on the injury list. Um, and maybe that came out. Maybe that's unofficial or, or it's been historic, but it says knock. Um for Gio Reyna, but we'll find out soon in terms I mean, of when they put the lineups out. At, at what point? Listen, we're two and a half months away from the World Cup starting. At what point does this a legitimately big concern that this guy's not playing? I mean, I mean, how how much time out do you need him to start getting back to like there's there's fit and there's match fitness. You yeah. know, those are two different things. And so we need that guy, I would say what? I would say a month, a minimum of a month out where this guy needs to be playing. For us to not to say he's going to go, of course, he's got those special qualities, obviously, but but where we can count on him in a meaningful way. That's that's I, I'm starting to get into we're getting into Gio Reyna concern time for mm-hmm. me. We're getting close. We're getting closer mm-hmm. to that. Where do you on, where are you? On that? Uh, and they've got this young, young uh, English forward that's coming in right now with with uh, with Dortmund. Uh, last name's Gittens, 18 years old, like. Not only for Gio Reyna, because we know how know how good he could be, but something just feels off in terms of the national team status as well as like if you're if you are Dortmund again, you're not going to write him off ever because he's got he's he's proven the quality as a teenager for you. But you've also got to think about your team and getting results, right? Dortmund's gotten their their hits in terms of uh, uh, Hilaire. You've got uh, Anthony Modest, who's who's like you know a, a lifer in the Bundesliga. Um, playing in that spot. So they're not, they don't have the team that they necessarily want right now. And they've got to think about like, how are we going to go and get results and continue to develop, develop players? So I'm worried about Gio Reyna, not long, uh, maybe even long-term. Uh, Cause this is a, this is one after another, uh, which, which just uh, it's, almost it's, hurts me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, we're getting into the danger zone. I think yeah. that was a song back in the original Top Gun. Uh, but, but uh, we're getting into that spot for, for Gio Reyna as to, is he going to show up 
And what if he does, well, we what kind of version of him are, yeah. are we going to get? Yeah, you know, we keep talking about like what's our eleven? What's our eleven? And I know everybody looks looks at our top players and goes, it doesn't matter if they played a single minute. If they're ready for the World Cup, they're going to start on the team. But I don't think that's necessarily how. I mean, of course, that's not how reality works either. But um, I, I think the the argument they're making is that there's such a large discrepancy between our best players and and our and our squad players that that's, they're going to start every time. But when well, you look at Brendan Aronson, when you look at Gio Reyna, when you look at Timo Weah, when you look at Christian Pulisic, uh, and then you look at our strikers, like there's a lot of rotation that could potentially happen in there. Now MMA, okay, I'm cool with that. You know, I I don't know if you're going to change from that because all three are likely going to play. Um, maybe and McKinney and they've been not. playing pretty regularly been, for their club. Yeah, so yeah, they're they're likely all going to. That's what I mean for their clubs. Uh, McKinney maybe not as much, but he, you know, you that's the one that you could probably get away with not having a ton of minutes. If Musa wasn't playing at all, I'd be more worried. But yeah, it, the rest, it's like who knows. I mean, right now we've been speaking so far into the future, so much speculation. But but you and I both know, and and everybody watching has played enough to know that it's so hard, even at this level, to be able to just flip a switch. Oh, it's okay. I didn't play for my club team. I'm going to be awesome for the World Cup. Then all of a sudden you get punched in the face, like that Mike Tyson quote. Everybody's got to play until they get punched in the face. And then the game's a little bit quicker. Now the ball's getting away from you a little bit. And you're just, your confidence isn't there because you have no confidence to draw upon because you haven't been playing for your club. So you're already kind of down and out anyway. These are little things that I, I am concerned about. And I do think it would have an impact on the team. And you have to go with guys that are that are playing pretty regularly. Now, mm-hmm. I do think that Giorena and Christian Pulisic in particular are outliers, and they will be given probably the biggest benefit of the doubt out of most of the player pool. But still, it's something to to take into consideration. All right, let's move into Saturday. We're going to go chronologically in terms of time. This one is very, very early. It kicks off at 4.30 a.m. Pacific, 7.30 a.m. Uh, that's too early for you, Jimmy? You get you, uh, what? you, you, you getting, getting... Am I going to get up? You, I might not, have to get up for this because it's the old firm. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's Rangers versus Celtic at Celtic Park. And we have three Americans playing in this one. Cameron Carter-Vickers for the hoops and uh, James Sands. Will you Tebow it for no. me, Jimmy? Will you put it I on might have to. for me so maybe, I can... Uh, maybe you and okay. I should just watch it together yeah, a couple hours yeah. later. But James just Sands and Alex phone. Yeah, they're all going to start in this one. That's sick. both teams are undefeated. I love it. And what I love about this in particular, not necessarily for Cameron Carter Vickers, because he's going to have the home support from the Celtic faithful. It's more about Sands and Tillman going into a very difficult place to play. Very, and very, very, difficult. very difficult. And the atmosphere is going to be insane. And how do they manage that? Now, obviously, they've been in those situations. But on the flip side, at Ibrox, for their support, with some big games over the last, let's say, year and a half. But this one is this is going to be a little bit different. And I, I honestly can't wait to see just how they're going to play and how they're going to manage. the first. Let's go like this. The first 5, 10, 15 minutes of the game, because that intensity... Maybe, maybe not from a from a crowd support, but just in terms of how fast the game is going to be played, I think will be very similar to what you're going to see at a World Cup, where it's just everybody's flying around a thousand miles an hour. Can you still settle it? Can you still stay calm? And and those are going to be important components, I think, if Tillman or Sands want to sneak onto the team. How can they manage that? I think Tillman's very close to sneaking onto the team, by the way, especially the the more that De La Torre doesn't play. Is because is he Cameron has- Carter Vickers then uh, in in on the plane. I mean, again, we're talking about three more players, right? And when I think about Malik Tillman, when I think about Cameron Carter Vickers, somewhere between 20 and 26, it's hard to write them off. Yes, I understand the Scottish League is not the top level of competition, but playing for a club of that magnitude is a high pressure environment week in and week out. We're going to see it in, in this match. 
And it's not always the most beautiful football across the board, even in this matching. It's fiery. Well, it's well, feisty. World Cup aren't always pretty either. You know, oh, it's yeah. not because like you're playing in a World Cup, all of a sudden the line I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I do. <laughs> I know a little bit. But yes, uh, it, it's no guarantee just because you're playing it. I mean, the, the stakes are super high. And that's what I like about this game in particular, Heath, is that this game kind of transcends the normal level of the premiership in Scotland. It's 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 one of the biggest derbies in the world. There's yeah. so much at stake. And so you want to see guys. They, we talked about handling the pressure before, not only about getting onto the roster. But if I'm James Sands, I'd be thinking, yo, if I'm lights out in this game and I've got you know, everybody in my back pocket in Celtic and, and we keep a clean sheet and I'm, I'm doing a really good job mm -hmm. of like holding a, a decent line or, and doing little things that, that we, he, that he knows that Greg's appreciates and coaching staff for the U S appreciate. It's just taking one step closer to having a real conversation first and foremost for the Sands and Tillman's of the world and Cameron Carter Vickers. You got to get into the September camp. You got to get there. You get into the September camp and you fight for your minutes in that. And then if you get some minutes there and you hold your own, then you're obviously taking one more step closer to being well, named on the roster on November 9th. I remember my trajectory of, of at least getting to the final 30 camp, right? And then they narrowed it down to 23 from there. I hate that they do that, by the way. Yeah, that, me, me too, because I, I, think I don't think late. I truly had a chance, but I do think I, I, gave my, I kept myself in the conversation. Going back to, I had a, a good game in, in Tampa. I got an assist to Brian Ching. I believe I was about to be subbed out. This could be. This could literally just be in my own mind, and in, in, in terms of like the the connective tissue between all this. But then from there, uh, I, I feel like I did enough to get myself called in for the March match uh, against Holland. And Holland came in. Uh, my friend Johnny Bornstein was 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 getting <laughs> eaten up by Aryan uh, yeah. Robin, which is which everybody does. Uh, uh, I came yeah. into the, I came into the game. I, I don't know if it's uh, halftime or second half or whatever. Had a really solid performance in helping the team sort of get back into that match. We ended up losing that one. But I, I thought I had a pretty solid performance. And that got me to the final camp. That final camp, I don't remember how long it was, like a week or whatever. And, you know, you're doing a lot of, like, sort of pre-World Cup fitness. There's a lot of fitness involved in that. I, I remember that. And yeah. and also, um, and, and also you know, uh, a ton of different testing and things like that. But, but um, training as well. And it was open to media. And it was kind of frenzy and crazy. And, and I remember that. But I remember going back and sort of saying like, how do I keep myself in the conversation and make myself um, indispensable? And obviously mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's the coach's decision, but I felt like, again, that pre-camp, <laughs> that, 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 that uh, Holland camp was a really important one. And that Holland camp came on the back of a camp before that. And so the point I, I'm going to make is while I'm, I'm a little bit dead inside from, from that period <laughs> of time in my life, it was, uh, it was, it was a big deal to get into those camps, Jimmy, you know what I mean? And, and you, somebody going back to the January against, against, uh, Honduras, uh, can speak to just the importance of, of if had that played out differently or whatever, just keeping yourself yeah, sure, in sure. the conversation again. It all comes down to a coach. A coach is going to see how they want to see well, it. If they want to look at this wall behind me and say it's black, they're going to say it's black. Right. And, and you can't argue that, but, um, getting into this final camp is super crucial because if you're not, it's really hard unless you're a goal scoring striker to get. That uh, last yeah. I think up. the goal scoring strikers yeah. are the only ones that, that, that fall out of that. Yeah. I will say that as you speak about that camp that you were in in 2010, where Bob Bradley brought in 30 players was going to cut it down to 23 or 24. And he's going to break six hearts at this camp. And I know there's a lot of stories uh, about how they communicated it and how they didn't tell you exactly when they said they were going to tell you all this stuff. It just makes me well, think that I now know. I, Jimmy, they said, keep your phone on you till midnight. It was 1.30 in the morning when we found out. We got the the, the Jesse March. 
poor guy had to come out and say, uh, it's a, his words were, it's a no-go. And we knew because there's seven of us standing there. We're like, well, where's the other 20, you know, where's the, oh, doing the math. Which, of like, which, well, you know, where's the other, uh, 16 right now? Shouldn't they be here too? So, since we're all on the team. Yeah. So, so I got two comments on this one. Uh, Bob Bradley should have faced you guys. And the fact that he sent out somebody else to do it, unacceptable for me <laughs> Two, I believe that Bob is actually a fan of the hunger games. I figured out what Bob's favorite <laughs> books and movies are. Cause he clearly set up a hunger games type situation and uh, had you guys battle it out to the death. And, and as you mentioned that you're dead inside, we're going to put on sock and boppers and you got to punch each other <laughs> and whoever taps out first is going to a world. I, yeah. Yeah. F fair play to Jesse oh, Marsh for being like, yeah. I'll do it. But Dude, that's uh, a lot of courage. He'd been in the team for only a few months and it takes a lot of courage. Yeah. I get it. Like from the flip side, I get your mind is on the world cup, right? You don't have time. Like you would love a perfect scenario where you call everybody into your office, you sit down, but I did, I was, I was really hurt by the fact that I was 2008 Disagree. most Disagree. most caps most caps for the national team in 2008 2009 played you know a big part in qualifying that you you're part of this journey and you kind of feel it like man you got to start all over again it could be a long time before this happens um I kind of wanted it kind of felt like the, the end of uh, of an era but wanted to feel like hey you were a big part of this and Bob did say that in the room but I agree with you Jimmy like Eye contact, yeah. you know, I, 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 I eye contact that's, telling you, you exactly take to your the face. extra two minutes. Yeah. A hundred percent. He might be focusing on the world cup, but that's still a ways away. And I just thought that, uh, is interesting. <laughs> I'm just going to well, also because we knew you stand there, you look around, you see the guys that are all the French players. You're like, you know, I was one of the first two downstairs when all of them were coming, um, outside the conference room and you look around and you go, yeah, I get, I get it right away. So to have had a it's, moment, they stood in a half circle, like kind of guiding you, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like that key and peel sketch where it's like handshakes <laughs> and whatever. And you walk back out the other way and then you go and cry for a while. Listen, uh, listen, no, and off topic, but yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. But I, I, I'm heartbroken for you that you had to live through that because at the very least you deserved the head coach to come out and look you in the eye and say, I appreciate you and everything that you've done, but it's just not going to work out this time as opposed to him sending out somebody else to do that work. But you know what? That's an episode for another time. Let's move on to <laughs> how to do I the make this game. about me, Jimmy? How do I make this? No, whole no. About I think me? this is incredible insight because yeah, yeah. they're going to be another six or seven guys in this current player pool that are going to go right through what you went through, yeah. and it's just part of how it works. But it's incredibly sad, and and uh, I got cut early on. I didn't even make the thirty on. Bob did call me and say that uh, it just wasn't going to work out, and. I knew it. I never felt like he had my back there for the last year, year and a half uh, prior leading up to that. So it, it was going to be, and that's a whole different thing we needed to get into at the moment, but, but I appreciate oh, but, you bringing but, but it up. I think that insight's Jimmy, important. What you're, saying, what you're saying right now is getting that call early is there's going to be some players that get that call early, right? From Greg Berhalter. Or I hope, hope they I do, hope, right? I hope. And, and that you get that conversation of saying, Hey, you were a big part of this or in that final conversation, when we go with 26 players of the 40 or however many they bring in, um, are, you're able to have that conversation to say, Hey, you've been a big part of this. You've got a great future. You know, you've always showed the pride for the crest or whatever it is you want to say. Sure. It's not my job to, to I mean, deliver I mean, that, but that interpersonal communication is really important. A hundred percent. And when Bob called me, you know, Bob's very, he likes to be combative. And that was something I had a hard time with. He, he wants you to push back and fight against him. And I was, that's just not in my nature. Like if he made his decision that he doesn't want me to be on the team or even like leaning towards that, then I don't want to be on his team. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it, it was, a, it's a weird thing, but, but the fact when he calls you, or even if he had talked to you in that moment, Heath, you wouldn't have, there's nothing for you to say. The decision's yeah. been made, right. you know? So it, it's, it's, there's not going to be, nobody's going to beat you up, dude, you know, or going to, you know, you might get but, a little like F you or yeah. whatever, but outside of that, 
whatever. But I with, mean, with context to these players ha- playing this weekend and in the coming uh, months, like every game is going to matter. And you want to eliminate, in your mind at least, the ability for any coach, because they have plenty of them. Like no coach has ever not had a perfect excuse why to not play you or why to not bring you, right? They've got the perfect reason all the time. Um, and so that's tough. But you want to eliminate as many variables as possible to put yourself in the best position, right? Playing regularly, playing at a high level, playing against good, uh, you know, against good competition, your training environment. You want to be, you know, the, the right attitude in camp. You want to be the right teammate right, in right, camp. Like right. all those things I remember thinking about as we go into these final things. So when you've got this old firm and you're on the outside looking in like a James Sands, you know that somebody's watching that game, you know, and they might be mm-hmm, watching it for mm-hmm, Malik mm-hmm. Tillman. They might be watching it for Cameron Carter-Vickers. And you've got to now insert yourself into the conversation. Now, mm-hmm, that doesn't mean mm-hmm. play out of out of your mind because that usually tends to lead to poor performances by trying to do play outside of your game. I mean, um, mm-hmm. but you want to you want to slot yourself in, no matter how late you want you think that you have a chance. No, that's good. This is a great, interesting sidebar, and and I'm I appreciate you being vulnerable and opening that up a little bit because I don't think we always. Oh, I'm fans. not vulnerable, Jimmy. I'm dead inside. I'm dead inside <laughs> well, you know? <laughs> there's an element of, of <laughs> yeah. vulnerability in there. Anyway, next game, next game. Uh, we're going to go to Germany. Union Berlin hosts Bayern Munich. Okay. And both of these teams are tied on top of the table at 10 points after four games. Mm-hmm. Now, Union lost to Bayern twice last season, 4-0 and 5-2. Nine goals in those two games, which is crazy. They've never beaten Bayern in their history. So it's going to be an uphill battle for Union overall. But it's a big opportunity for Jordan Pifok. Two mm-hmm. goals, two assists in his four games. He was man of the match two weeks ago against RB Leipzig. Now he's going up against the best defense in Germany. They've only given up two goals in their four games. I'm not actually that sold on Bayern Munich's center backs. I think they are prone to making errors from time to time. You got Upa Meccano, Delict, uh, Lucas Hernandez plays there as well. And so I think that maybe Pifok, assuming he can get the service, that's going to be the big challenge, I think, for Union Berlin is how, how do they get Pifok and others the yeah. ball and the attacking third. That's going to be but, a bit of a struggle. But but uh, what I just go ahead. One more thing I want to say is another fun fact that I'll pass it to you. Union Berlin have the longest current unbeaten streak in the Bundesliga, dating back to last season. They're eleven games unbeaten, nine wins and two draws. So I just want to say that their coach Urs Fischer, that guy knows his scheisser. Okay, I mean that guy <laughs> knows it, and uh, and um, I think he's a terrific manager, and and I think people are picking up on that as well. Yeah, I, I I agree. But uniquely, again, system-based, Jordan Pifak playing generally in a 3-5-2 with a striker next to him. You see his assists are always... He's always connected to somebody else in the attack, which I think is useful. My only problem is that the U.S. has never done that, right? They have mm-hmm. not gone for a long time with two strikers up top. Now, we've worked with like a false nine and a traditional striker, but we've never gone with, with Greg for periods where you could maybe get the most out of Jordan Pifak. So... Maybe that changes his goal scoring is changing the way Greg thinks about, okay, how do we bring in a second striker in a moment like this instead well, that's of a, I, another I, attacking I, midfielder? So he could, he could be, he may not be your single striker in your team, but he could be a second striker when you need that. And that's for, important to have, whether you, whether there's a 1% chance or 90% chance you use it. He's a situational sub for me, for us, like to your point. If we're trying to get back into a game and you throw him up there with whoever else is starting Ferreira. Uh, I, I was saying going to say Sergeant, uh, you know, or, or Ricardo Papi or whoever having another body for him to be connected to, I think mm-hmm. does make a difference. It's clear in his current team. And I still think he's going to be situational. I, as long as he continues to maintain this form, I think he's, he's a lock for me. All right. So that's a big game to watch. That game's happening on Saturday, moving on to Italy. You got Fiorentina taking on Juventus. 
the big story here, the big overall narrative is going to be Dusan Vlahovic returning to his former club back at Firenze. So we'll see how that all goes. He's got four goals so far in Serie A. But I'm actually curious, obviously, about Weston McKinney because he didn't come off the bench against Spezia this past week. They have a 19-year-old Fabio Moretti who is now being hailed as maybe one of the future Italian midfielders for the national team. And he's been playing really well. And he's got starts in the last two games, which has really limited Juventus, uh, or excuse me, Weston McKinney's influence in the team. And now with Paredes coming in as well from PSG, I know they got rid of, of Zakaria and Archer, but those guys weren't really playing anyway. So now I feel like McKinney's got an uphill battle against this young Italian who was supposed to go back to the down to the U19s for Juve. He got called up at the end of last season for Maxi Allegri, but they've kept him with the first team and he's actually played really well. Now, a lot of games, young player. At some point, Weston McKinney is going to get his influence. But I think Moritti is is outplaying him at the moment. Or That's the only thing that I can see as to why McKinney's on the bench, Heath. Yeah, it's tough. And again, this is the reality that we know. I, I can't remember who it was that had posted. Um, I don't know if you saw it, Jimmy. The guy had posted, like, if if the window closes, this is what our starting 11 could look like. And it was all the, the names of, of our European players playing at big clubs. Yes. It had Gio Reyna as a striker <laughs> and um, can't remember his name on, on, on Twitter, but it was a, uh, it was a, uh, a cool post. Like not one for one, but it was, uh, it was, it was a cool post that, that showed the players that we have in all these positions. The reality of when you have players in those positions, none of those players have become massive stars. Gio Reyna <laughs> had the, has the potential to be a massive star. Christian Pulisic was was on in in route to being a massive star, but sort of hit that ceiling in terms of his ability to be that star at Chelsea, right? Um, but the reality is, is if you want to be a star, you're going to have to like the best, the biggest stars, right? Of all sports, they don't just do it for a year. They're not just a, a spike for a year or two. They do it for their entire career. They are the guy in the position of whatever team they play on for their entire career. That's the next level for us. We've got players playing at good clubs. They're competing for starting spots. They're defaulting to other big clubs, which is amazing. They're still young. But a Weston McKinney is going to have to beat the young player coming up under him, the player that he's currently competing with, and then the transfer market. And that's going to be a thing that shapes him, either for the better or for the worse. And so while you have all that competition, it's not going to stop at a club the size of, of Juventus. He's not just going to get handed the spot because they lack depth or something like that or mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they could potentially sell him. So yeah, it's a... It's a it's a real legit thing that's going to continue to make him a better player, I hope. Yeah, I, I hope he rises to the challenge. He always seems to be up for that, but I think he has more work to do. And now with Paredes and this Meridi kid balling it up, and obviously Paredes well, no, is uh, no one thought Jimmy, No one thought McKinney was going to play, Jimmy, uh, when he got to Juventus. And he started, I think, yeah. 70% of their matches, right? And uh, that's true. Uh, against Good point. Good point. This is a guy going from Schalke, uh, a team that had been really struggling at that point, to Juventus. And became a starter. So, like, it's easy now for us to sit in this luxurious chair and say, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. He went and proved himself already. Yo, I'm uh, not Charlie right. Davies, man. I don't yeah. have a luxurious chair me, over me here. Me either. But this chair is actually – you see, you see me throughout the episode stretching my back out because I got bad posture and a bad chair. <laughs> All right, let's move to the Premier League because Chelsea is taking on West Ham in this one at Stanford Bridge. Chelsea are off to their worst start to a Premier League season after five matches since the 2015-2016 campaign when Jose Mourinho got the sack before Christmas. The Chelsea have lost two of their last three. We saw Thomas Tuchel, their manager, come out and say that they're too easy to play against. And this gives me some concern, Heath, because even though they're playing this poorly, Pulisic still can't get a sniff of, of Tuchel saying, hey, well, maybe we'll put 
Pulisic in and maybe he'll change our fortunes. <laughs> and, and we've already gone. We talked ad nauseum about his situation, but now you're adding Aubameyang into the mix. And, and it's just like, he's trusty, trying to trust and find answers. I, I honestly don't know if Tuchel's going to have the job by the end of the year. I mean, mm. if you're Todd Bully, the, the owner, and you're investing all this money, they spent more money in the transfer market than they ever have in one window in their, in the history of the club. And you're not getting the results and you have some manager going, we're too easy to play through. I don't know what the hell the manager is getting paid to do. If that's, if that's the case, mm. I just don't think that Chelsea team under Thomas Tuchel looks like they're having any fun anymore. And, mm. and, when you look at, let's say, let's, let's use Arsenal as a contrast. They look like they're having fun. Of course, they had to take their lumps to finally get to this point, and they mm-hmm. made some good signings in the transfer window. But it doesn't seem like everybody's on the same page at Chelsea, and it feels like a bit of a cluster. Man, this che- the Chelsea conversation is wild because the stats speak for Pulisic should be getting a chance, right? And we as Americans are biased towards Christian Pulisic. But, you know, you, you talk about the other attackers that are in his position. Mountain Havertz, zero goals, zero assists, I believe, so far this season. But he's still not getting that look. And so you have people arguing from the side of saying, hey, Pulisic's not good when he gets his chances. He's not starting level good. And then you have the other side saying, yeah, but the people playing in front of him also aren't good. So you can at least give him his chances uh, or continue to give him his chances. It's not a great situation for him because it seems like Tuchel has actually continued to bit by bit move Christian Pulisic into a um, a substitute role or a role player or a squad player, right? Whereas before, Mason Mount, Kai Havertz dip in form, Christian Pulisic gets his start. Maybe mm-hmm. he starts three or four, and then, then he doesn't start again, and we all bitch and moan about it. Right. But now it just seems like they're actually saying, well, now you're so far down the depth charts. You're my 20 to 30-minute player, which is really unfortunate for Christian Pulisic because – when it gets good, he's not going to play. And when it's bad, he's seemingly not getting the chance. So we'll see if that changes. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but that seems to be, you know, of all the rotation uh, Tuchel has done o- over time, I think he's worn his team out, worn his players out. But it seems like he's worn this relationship out as well. Oh, there's no question. And I guarantee that Pulisic is burning up, that he wanted to move. They wouldn't allow him to move. And you wonder what that's going to mean for that relationship moving forward as well. As we've discussed before, you know, he still has to be a professional about it, that that how he handles that situation. People are still watching future clubs, national team, still watching in terms of how he deals with this adversity. And like Weston McKinney, he, for the most part, has come out smelling like a rose when he just puts his head down and fights through it. But this one feels a little bit different. It feels a little bit more personal from Tuchel, and it feels a little bit more emotional so we'll have to wait and see how this one plays out we'll see if he gets any minutes against the hammers this weekend all right before we get into more Premier league games and some other games happening in mls looking at you brandon vasquez and frankly we should probably just make philadelphia union our national team they are actually stomping on everybody in mls we're going to take our first and only break of in soccer we trust so do not go anywhere okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. 
With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Heath Pierce. Charlie Davies is AWOL today because he is vacationing. Because <laughs> that's why I think every two weeks, the dude's on vacation doing something. It must be nice to be Charlie Davies, Heath Pierce. Now, we have talked about a lot of our players in our player pool. We've only talked about one in the Premier League so far, Christian Pulisic. We're going to keep that going. Let's talk a little Brentford hosting Leeds. Mm. Now, Leeds coming off uh, a loss recently, and and we want to see how they're going to bounce back with regard to that. Brentford are winless in their last three since beating Man United 4-0. They have drawn back-to-back matches 1-1. They've conceded first in both of those games. Leeds coming off a 1-1 draw against Everton. Prior to that, they had lost, so they had a midweek game against Everton and, and did well to get back into that game. Uh, Brendan Aronson a little quiet in the middle, but the second half, I feel like every time in the second half, Jesse and his coaching staff, Jesse Marsh, that is, have made some adjustments that have made a difference. But what I thought the Everton game in particular, Heath, mm-hmm. was that Everton decided we're going to sit back. We're going to let them try to, to they, they, they just don't trust that Leeds is good enough to beat them in, in when they sit in a low block. And I think that's something that Jesse and his, they have to figure out before the game kick. Not that they're not trying. Of course they're trying. But, but I think that's where they struggle. And now with Bamford still not 100% healthy as a striker. Rodrigo maybe dislocated his shoulder. He's going to be out. He had a hot start. Uh, Joe Gelhart, you know, he's got some qualities, but he's probably not the guy that's going to be a healthy breakdown, a low block. He, he runs really hard. They just let Dan James go on loan in the transfer window. It, it's interesting this times. Is, now, it, I'm a big, I'm a, it's a Leeds podcast, but Luis Sinistera, I think is a good sign. I just, I, this is going to be an interesting one. Yeah, but Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams should get the start, and and they're continuing to prove that they deserve to be playing in the Premier League. Well, this is what's interesting for the development of Brendan Aronson is we've seen flashes of him in the ten when things are all right. But if you looked in that first half of the game, he was always like either pressing back too far and the game goes past him the other way, or he presses too high, the game mm-hmm. goes the other way, mm-hmm. and he kind of just seems kind of lost at times in terms of where can I make impact because he's always up for it and he's always got the energy to do it. But sometimes he, he he's lost in, in in that positioning. With Sinistera there, it seems like Brendan Aronson is going to have to be that 10 for a while. Yes, you have Rodrigo and Bamford, and you could maybe change the way in which you play over time. But if he wants to get that start, Sinistera is a massive signing. Um, and so for Brendan Aronson, that's probably, you know, Jack Harrison's well-established on the left side there. Brendan Aronson's generally better on the right or in the middle. So he's going to have to embrace that role of like consistently at or consistency at the 10 spot. And mm-hmm. be impactful and and almost learn that position in a way that he hasn't before. He stepped into that. Yes, he did that at, at the Philadelphia Union at times. And but for Salzburg part, as yeah, well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Salzburg as well. But it, but he needs to find a way to be more consistent and impactful with the tools that he has, right? He's not going to ever be an out-and-out number 10. And those don't barely even exist anymore. We know he's going to put in the shift. But where can you now be more impactful in these spots when things aren't going well or the rhythm of your team isn't there? So that he can lock himself down as a sure yeah. starter for Leeds, because there is a there is a a potential that he could he could find himself in a rotation if if he if he I'm I, I'm I'm being extreme in this context, but it seems like they're trying to give him the ten spot and he could he could do something with that if he if he wants to. 
Well, what's interesting is that is a possible solution for the U.S. if we wanted to try to get everybody on the field at the same time. Now, obviously, somebody in midfield would have to be sacrificed, but McKinney or Musa in this particular instance, because Adams isn't going anywhere. But at least it's an option. And for him to have gotten some valuable minutes against some big clubs or, or even just in the Premier League in general with how fast it is, I think what I really appreciated about him from the first half to the second half against Everton is where he found his pockets of space, to your point, how he started to settle into the game a little bit, which ultimately led to his assist when he gave a good ball out wide to, hey, he had a little half turn, mm-hmm. attacked the space, played it out wide to Sinistera, who did the rest. But but those little pockets of space and being able to, he's so good at that, but can they find him a little bit more consistently? And that's not always on Aronson. That's also on his teammates to make sure they're looking for him in those pockets. So there's a couple things here, but this is going to be a good game. Brentford, obviously high energy, especially playing at home. Very good. And it'll be another good test for Jesse Marsh and Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson. All right, let's move on now to, well, Crystal Palace, because they are taking on Newcastle at home. And, excuse me, away at at, uh, St. James's Park. What's interesting for me, Heath, with regard to this game in particular, is that Crystal Palace are now starting to pile up games. We saw it with Newcastle against Liverpool. They switched their two center backs out. Complete switch. And, and they took out Sven Botman, their big signing, and and uh, Fabian Scher to to bring on Dan Byrne and, and Lascelles. And, and it almost worked out. They, they probably should have got a little bit more out of that Liverpool game. Now they're going to flip-flop. I almost feel like I hope Crystal Palace considers to do the same with pa- under pa- Patrick Vieira. It's because it's not Crystal Palace hasn't necessarily lit it up defensively. They're getting a little bit stronger as the season continues to progress. But this is a good game, I think, to give potentially give Chris Richards some minutes and maybe get the start. I mean, because because you're going to have this this fixture pile up, and you're going to figure you, at some point you got to rest some of your guys. And yeah. why not this one away to Newcastle? What what are your thoughts on Chris Richards? Because we need this guy to get minutes for us too, and that's me being super biased. Yeah, Chris Richards such a good player, um, but he's in a tough situation, right? We saw like uh, Gay and and Anderson last year be the main starters in a season that was what I think. They, they had a ton of draws, but a few of those swings away from being uh, in in the you know kind of top six of the table <laughs> in terms of the way that they play, the emphasis of the game, the style of play. I believe, uh, I, I don't know if it's Gay or Anderson has already scored once this year. The hard part that I worry about is that rotational thing, right? It's fine if he's a squad player. We're not going to be able to change a whole lot, right? He's going to continue to compete and try to get more minutes on the team. I think he's been brought in to raise the level of the starters around him or compete for a starting spot. Um but I don't, you know what it's like, Jimmy, if you don't get a ton of minutes and you get thrown into the games that are mm-hmm. that are always the hard games, right? The rotational games. You're playing away at Newcastle, not an easy place to play. You'll take them. You'll take them anytime you can get them. But can he get it? Can he actually get some some more significant minutes when the team is maybe playing at home as well as what I what I'd like to see where he can show a little bit more of 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 his style of play or fitting in with the team where he can show his strengths a, a little bit longer. But yeah, if you can get if you can get 90, if we can get uh more significant time. Uh, against against Newcastle, I, I would love to see it. I don't know if that's going to be the case because they seem to be pretty content. I know, but but um, I'm just saying, like you said, they do other, need to other rotate clubs, all the time. Other clubs are already doing it. They're already starting to rotate their squads a little bit because they know there's going to be some fixture congestion moving forward because of the condensed season prior to the World mm-hmm. Cup. So I hope that Chris Richards gets a run out at some point. That's not just a League Cup game, which are those are important too. I'll take any minutes we can get for any of our players, but but I'd like to see him against a good Newcastle team with Alexander Isak. Okay. Let's keep this moving because uh, we can talk about all these games all the time. One more game in the Premier League. Tottenham is hosting Fulham. Fulham have done pretty well to put themselves in a great spot. They have eight points from 15 available. Mitrovic already has five goals up top. 
Uh, absolutely crushing it. Tim Ream has been excellent so far this season. The captain of the squad for Marco Silva. Anthony Robinson, I'm just going to say it right now. This is the biggest game for him because with Kurosawa coming in from PSG, who plays the same exact position and has a little bit more experience than Anthony, I could see Marco Silva, if, if especially if Anthony doesn't play well in this game, it could be a really interesting one. Another thing that we need to talk about is what if Tim Ream does well against Harry Kane? Because we obviously play England in the World Cup. Would that be something that would change your mind, Heath? That no. if he plays well against Harry Kane, you're bringing him in? No, I mean, it would... He's it done. Would, you think maybe you think Reem's would, out. Reem's not would, even getting it, called in. It would change my mind. But I just think that, again, going back to the fact that Fulham were the best team in the championship last year. They come into the league this year. Yes, you're playing against Harry Kane instead of Josh Sargent, right? Um, week in, week out. That's not a shot at Josh Sargent. It's just a different <laughs> level a of shot. At Josh it's not a shot. I mean, if, if, <laughs> Jimmy. Uh, yo, Jimmy. You can't walk it, you can't walk it back. I, I, like, you know, somebody could use the context of me. Don't let him walk me, it back. You know? hit, hit up Twi uh, uh, Heath on Twitter and give him a hard yeah, time about You that. could say, you know, somebody's <laughs> saying, like, you know, you're playing in La Liga. You're playing against uh, Marcelo, not against Heath Pierce. That's something, that, you know, I, I wouldn't be offended by that. That's Marcelo, you know. Um <laughs> But uh, thank you for uh, that clarification. Yeah, you're, you're, that. You are playing against a World Cup opponent. You're playing against a world class player uh, in 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 Harry Kane. But I still think that Greg has planted his flag as we are a system based national team. People need to fit within this sure. because again, you would look at it over over time. And yes, Tim Ream has been called in. But Tim Ream has all the tools. Uh, John Anthony Brooks has all the tools to be a national team player based on the system. But I worry about like, yeah, shut down, um, you know, shut down Harry Kane. Great. Maybe that's the way we play. Maybe we sit deeper. Maybe we are defending. I'm just saying that, that if be. I'm Tim Ream, I'm thinking, dude, if I can just lock it down here with Harry Kane, this is my calling card now to say, hey, Greg, I have a reason to text Greg and be like, hey, uh, you see all Harry Kane this past weekend? Yeah, I. He's in my back pocket. If you want to talk to him, we can get on the phone and make it. Happen. I mean, yeah, that, that's what, like, what else is he can you do? Is, like, is he a it. bubble player? Is he a bubble player in, in making the squad or is he on the outside looking in? Every, because, I, feel, I don't feel like the center backs given current club form. I feel like it's all kind of wide open at this point. So everybody's, everybody's got I, a shot. I, I think I, at this point, that's where I'm leaning, which that's is kind of scary to say. It's out not loud. A bad, it is. It is scary to say out loud, but it's not, I don't think it's wrong. That's for sure. Um, so, because, so, you might, so you might default game. to experience. This is a big game for Reem and Anthony, by yeah, the way, because because yeah. Anthony could be on the precipice of losing his starting job, and and that opens oh, up I'd a be conversation. Yes, if somebody brought somebody in, Jimmy, right at the close of the of a transfer window, uh, of course into you my would. Spot, you know, I'd be pissed. Of course. Well, now what are you going to do about it, right? That's up to him now, and this is his game to make that happen because they're not going to play Kurosawa in this first one. They're probably going to wait a week, maybe another one, and then and then we'll see what happens. So it's up to Anthony to make sure. Okay, Kurosawa's coming in. I'll let him take Tim Reem's spot because he can also play left center back. I'm going to own. My spot. All right, one other game uh, in, in this would jump into Sunday. We're going to rip through these games, but there is rumors that Aaron Ramsdale, goalkeeper for Arsenal, might not be playing. He did train with the first team, but they're still assessing whether he's good enough to go. He trained with them today, but it could be Matt Turner time, which is why I wore this Arsenal warm-up, baby. Let's go, because I'm trying to get positive vibes out there. It'd be awesome to see uh, Matt Turner playing at Old Trafford against Manchester United this weekend. Oh, boy. How about that for your first Man United, start? they can only score one goal a game, but they're winning right now. Uh, well, so they've got, not... Yeah, it's it's interesting times to be a Man United oh, fan. Oh, Lord have mercy on American That's going to be a good game. I'm really Matt looking Turner forward to that one. against we'll Manchester United and doesn't have the game of his life. You know, they yeah, will light, they'll light our nation up. If uh, Matt Turner has plays and has a great game, he's our yeah. number one. Locked. Yeah.
in yeah. in and dusted. Okay, let's go into the championship. We got Josh Sargent taking on Coventry. The, my big question here going into this one is that Timo Puki is now healthy. They're normal number nine. And I feel like because they've won four straight and Sargent's been the number nine all four of those games, you're going to stick with it. The head coach, Dean Smith. Coventry's the worst team in the championship. They're on the bottom of that table. So we'll see how many goals he can score. We have uh, Ethan Horvath uh, playing Lutontown in Gogol against Wigan. We have Austin Trussie playing for Birmingham City against Preston. Uh, those are the ones that uh, stand out for me. We got uh, hey, a couple other the number guys three. Well. The number three goalkeeper battle, I think, is also interesting because when Charlie gave a sixteen lock, we don't have a third goalkeeper pick. He yet. didn't. Now it's going to come down to Horvath or probably Sean Johnson. I would guess, right? Is there mm -hmm. anybody else? I guess knocking on the door. I think we we've all agreed that Slanina is probably a, a step too large for now, and it's probably more twenty twenty six focused. But you know, and I know Horvath is not at a sexy club, Luton Town, but it's a championship club and he's playing consistently. They're not having the greatest of starts to the season, but it's a solid one. Sean Johnson, um, mm -hmm. also with NYCFC. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a that's gonna come down to probably both being called in to that final camp and and a selection. So again, you know, uh, hard to tell. That's gonna be based on club form and, and instinct or feeling from Greg Berhalter, but uh, because they might not, they likely won't get minutes. Um, we got people shouting out Horvath has outplayed Stefan. Um which is, which is awesome. I mean, that's what you want, right? But uh, right now, it looks like Zach Steffen's going to be hurt for this one from Middlesbrough. Matthew Hoppy will be available. They play Sunderland on Monday. So we'll obviously have some more insight on that for that show. By the way, on Monday's show, we have Brian McBride. You might have heard of him before. U.S. Men's National Team legend joining us on Monday. It's going to be a really special Labor Day episode. So make sure you come back and join us for that, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. wonder Eastern if Charlie's five. internet will work. You know, oh, it's still I bet holiday. it will for that. No, it's still a holiday, so... That's true. You know. That's a good point. All right, other players. We have Mark McKenzie uh, playing against St. Truden in the Belgian League. We have uh, Serginho Dest. He's going to be with AC Milan for the Milan Derby this weekend. Probably won't even suit up in that one. Conor De La Fuente playing for Olympiacos in Greece. And then um, I actually want to get Ricardo Pepe. Groningen is taking on Vitesse. They just got rid of their number one and only out-and-out -out striker recently, uh, Groningen. So we'll see if Pepe suits up. I wouldn't be surprised if he suited up and maybe played a couple. You know, I was actually pretty surprised when Alexander Ishak signed from Real Sociedad with Newcastle, and then they started him against Liverpool. I was like, God damn, this guy's just jumping right into it and ended up scoring. So that was pretty cool. But uh, so we'll see if Pepe can do the same thing. Uh, How'd that game finish, Jimmy? That game ended 1-1. Well, it should have ended 1-1, and then Liverpool <laughs> scored in the 98th minute. To, I checked, just see. Isak scored a second goal. They, they, he was offside by like a millimeter, but it was a really well-taken goal. That, that guy can play, so I'm excited about him. So we got Ricardo Pepe. We got Eric Palmer-Brown. Uh, he for Trois against Rennes. That'll be a big game. Joe Scally's taking on Mainz. Yunus uh, Musa is taking on Hatafe on Sunday as well. Reggie Cannon and Boavista are on Monday. Uh, the one guy I want to talk about, though, because if this Anthony Robinson stuff starts to go south and Kursawa takes his spot, what do you think about Sammy Vines? He is playing for Royal Antwerp in the Jupiler Pro League in Belgium, and he's played all their Conference League stuff. They ended up uh, losing to Istanbul Bashakshi here in the qualifying to not make it into the group stages, unfortunately. But he's played all four of those games, mm -hmm. and uh, he's played all six of the games for Royal Antwerp. They're on top of the table. They have the best defense in the league. He's chipped in with one goal and one assist at this point. Yeah, the he kid, scored. La last game he scored. The kid's so. flying. 23-year-olds, left back. At this point, I think I would rate him over George Bello, who's playing for Arminia Bielefeld. But but do you think this is maybe an opportunity for Sammy Vines to, to sneak on? This would be a, wow, Sammy Vines coming out of yeah. nowhere. But he seems to be playing well at the right time, and that's all you can do. But we're, we were cool with Matt Miazga at Anderlecht. We're cool with Mark McKenzie at... at uh, gank. So why not 
judge Sammy Vines the same way, knowing that these next few months could be crucial. And I'd bring him into camp. Would you bring him into camp? Yeah, absolutely. If he's playing well and and he's got he's got international quality, and it would be really crap to have the double standard of like some of these guys the we consider the Belgian league good enough, and now you've got a a player like this that's actually contributing both offensively and to the best defense in the league. Uh, and you're not going to call him in. I think that would be be wrong. So I say, yeah, yeah, bring him in. Let's see what let's see what he can I do. Again, see. I mean, I mean, we, we don't, don't have we, the we don't hard have a part, proper backup for Anthony. We don't. Yeah, and and again, with 26, you might go with two players in every position. Who knows? But that's but what, the thing no, I wanted when to I interviewed Greg. That's what he said. You yeah. know, you basically have two players in every spot, and then take it from there. And and the hard part is, is that how, how old is Sam Vines? He's 23. 23. So he's not. A teenager, which is sort of the the age that we love to bring players into the national team right now, but he's also not a, even close to being a fully developed player. The point, the reason I say that, is that it's really easy to take a Conrad De La Fuente and keep giving him looks because he's young. You bring him back in. Oh, he's at these he's at these sexier clubs. You bring him back in. You can see the potential that he has coming from Barcelona. You sort of make up your mind of like this guy's always going to get a chance in the national mm-hmm. team, right? Mm-hmm. But then a Sammy Vines, who is an MLSer, and then he goes to uh, a, a club that's not as big of a name. You don't get to see him as often because it's not as readily available. You're not out looking for it in the way that we can. I could right. turn on a Premier League right. game and 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 wait to see if 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 any of our players uh, jump on the field, right or not. Whereas he's not, so I don't get to see him as much. But in the environment that he's in, he might be making leaps and bounds as a player. And I know Greg Berhalter and his staff are watching those games and monitoring because you want to see those. Um, but it's also hard sometimes to to eliminate the sure. oh last time sure. I saw him and he's only playing at this club like how good could he could possibly be I say bring him in and we'll see yeah they've only lost one game this season in all competitions and that was to Istanbul Bashakshi here and that would probably be the game I'd want to watch because that's some European competition Bashakshi here over the last few years has been good in the Turkish Super League and and you knew it'd be a battle and why did they lose what was his involvement what could he have done different those are the little things I obviously I'd look at one of his good games too but I'd want to see why and why and how Royal Antwerp suffered in that and how Sammy Vines could have contributed in a different way I think that would just give you more of a 360 view before you brought him in but at this point September camp if you're going to bring in 28 to 30 guys why not Sammy Vines just just to see just to see what he looks like and go from there. I think Joe Scally probably deserves that look as well, unless they've already made up their mind. They haven't seen Sammy Vines in a while. They did see Joe Scally back in June. So I think there'll be people saying, you're going to contradict yourself and bring in Vines, but not Scally. I just think they've seen Scally pretty recently, but I think he deserves at least a look in this camp as well. So let's talk about our locks before we let everybody go here and enjoy their fabulous weekend along with Charlie Davies, who's already started his fabulous weekend. We, we know Charlie had 16 locks, but who do you think – of the 26 are already locked in. Uh, Zach Steffen, locked. Mm-hmm. Matt Turner, locked. locked. That's two. That's two. Uh, um, Serginio Dest, locked. Locked. So that's three. Do you, who's your who's your backup right back at this point? Do you have Do you have a lock there? Yedlin Cannon, Scally. I, look, I, I would love for I would love for it to be Cannon. I would love for it to be Scally. But when you are building this roster. And I'll keep this short. When you're building this roster, the whole point is I'll try. Uh, uh, you're, 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 you need some experience. You need some people that have been there before. You need some people that, Jimmy, you and I have been in games when we were young players. Yeah. And yeah. you're looking to look in the eyes of somebody around you that's going to go like, how are we getting out of this, man? This ship is sinking. This right. is really tough. We're getting dominated. We're getting crushed. You need to be able to look at players like DeAndre Yedlin that can be a leader that have been in these big environments, that have played at big clubs, that have played for the national team for a long time to be able to to guide and lead you. We can't look to Christian Pulisic. He's never played in a World Cup. Yes, he plays at massive clubs, and he's going to be a leader in this team. But you also need some actual 
uh, like career experience and DeAndre Yedlin could, could be that if you're not going to bring that in other spots. So you're saying Yedlin? Yedlin, yeah. That's he's my, a lock, that's he's my a lock for you. Yedlin's a lock for you. He's a, he's a, well, you asked me who my second right back is. Okay. All right. I just didn't know if he was a lock. I'm going to, he's not a, mark. he's not a lock, but yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to put, I'm going to put right a question back. mark next to him. Um, yeah. right now we need a three, three, I'm writing this stuff down. Three goalkeeper. Cause I'm going to, we're going to obviously reference this, this a lot. Center backs. I got, you got Zimmerman for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Richards, I think goes for sure. That's mm-hmm. that was one of Charlie's locks as well. Yeah. After that, I don't have any other locks. I don't either, but you know he's going to take Aaron Long. <laughs> yeah. But so so okay, we need some more. We need two more CBs. So that's why I don't. Well, maybe Cameron Carter Vickers would would be close to it. I mean, we're going to bring somebody. I yeah, that's 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 yeah. an interesting one. Okay, left back Anthony for sure, and that's yep. it. Okay, now that's Tyler it. Adams. He had Acosta yesterday. I think Acosta goes. Musa McKinney Adams. Uh, Acosta Musa, is again another circumstantial McKinney. player. He's got free kicks. He can cover ground. I think you he's, know, done, he's, he's done he's, way too much for the program under Greg. He's he's your. It's a, it's a loyalty he, pick. If you didn't even yeah. think he was playing well, he's yeah. a loyalty pick. He's your Kyle Beckerman for 2014. He's yeah. your Dax McCarty would no have been for 2018. Um, like that guy that you know. He's going to give me my consistency every single time of the yep. things that he does. I'm not worried whatsoever. Um, How about Luca De La Torre? He's a he's a lock. He is man. It's it's weird saying lock uh, for a Luca De La Torre we'll because we've only lock, seen a few games. Lock a De La Torre. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he's a lock just because again there hasn't been an emergence of I know I know we we saw you know some competition in this spot with other players uh, in the past, but he's shown that like okay he's a national team quality player and he's a lock. Okay, and then and then yeah, everything else is kind of up for grabs. I think that Tillman might might sneak in there. Um, but is he a lock for you so far? No, Tillman's not yet. But I think if he gets called into this camp and does well, I think he will be. He didn't play well with the he national. Didn't, but but I feel like he's found some confidence at Rangers and scored some big goals. And I like the responsibility that Van Bronckhorst, the manager, is giving him. So. Okay, so well, hold on. I've got. Uh, I'm gonna scratch that one out. We got one, two. We got oh, Stephen Turner. Jimmy, desk. Uh, there's actually. What? There's actually. Uh, People are torn on De La Torre lock. People are saying De La Torre is a lock. Others are saying he's not a lock yet, which is wild because he has been, you know, I think by and large, a very sexy pick for the fans of like playing, like not even just as a lock in the squad, start him has been like an argument. Uh, right, but right. Again, if he goes another three months without playing a game, yeah, it starts to change the conversation a little bit. Again, I think this window of time from August uh, until November is very short. And so you know, to rule somebody out who's important is is you have you have the time. It's not a year. It's not 18 months. It's not like where what happened to that guy. Uh, you know, I could see him going. And then if he doesn't play for another six months, him not being in the national team anymore, right? Like because yeah. he hasn't played for a year. But given the time frame and you got to go with what you got, I, could see, I, 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 I think he's a lock. I think that he provides... If you're looking for contrast within your player pool, I think De La Torre provides something a little bit different than McKinney and Musa, and, and that he can. He, I think he helps the team transition a little bit better than those guys. Uh, Is it, Ferreira a lock? Yeah, Ferreira's a lock for me. So right now, I just did. I just did my list. I've got 16 players, just like Charlie. I got Stefan mm-hmm. Turner, Dest, Zimmerman, Chris Richards, Anthony Robinson, Tyler Adams, Kellen Acosta, Musa, McKinney, Lock, Locka De La Torre. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gio Reyna, I almost said Claudia Reyna, Christian Pulisic, Timo Weah, Brendan Aronson, Jesus Ferreira. Am I missing somebody? Uh, PFOC's uh, not there. He's on the, he's on the precipice. 
Sergeant, yeah. Sergeant's not there yet. You got to bring him in and see where he's at. Yeah. We don't know our third goalkeeper. So Team Awea, who might not, who's been he's injured. hurt, by the way. We didn't actually yeah. bring him up. They're playing against Montpellier this weekend, he, Lille. He, he, he's, he's supposed to he, potentially go to Valencia. He's a lock yeah. to go on the team, but but he hasn't played at all this season for Lille. But what if hurt. you? What if what if we're talking about a guy who hasn't played? I think Team Awea is, is another one that falls into the Pulisic Reina camp. Like, but even after a long injury? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like when I was in 2006 World Camp, my flex of the day, what did it take me, 57 minutes? I, I remember that they were like just debating Bruce Arena between bringing like a Kerry Zavagnin or, or like a holding midfielder who was completely healthy or taking a risk on Johnny O'Brien who was just coming back. Mm-hmm. And they went with Johnny O'Brien because of one, the guy's quality is unreal. But, but he was still maybe at 60%. But what he done, he's done before. He'd proven himself at a World Cup level in 2002. So they thought it was worth the risk of bringing him as opposed to a Zavagnin who probably wouldn't have played anyway. He was just there if somebody got hurt, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. So that's... I mean, they, uh, went with, they went with Gooch in 2010 World Cup too. Of like, I mean, he was still... He was still yeah, he wasn't a ways 100%. away. Um, yeah, yeah. But you're like, if, I can, if we can get him into our staff and focused... With our team, yeah, we and, believe we can get him there. You know, and if you look there, at our team like, in 2010, we didn't we didn't necessarily play that high of a line because you couldn't with Gooch. Right. And when we did, we got punished for it. Mm-hmm. So I remember the Ghana game in particular. If he, if he got caught too high, it was Jay Merritt doing the best he can. All, right. With all due respect to Gooch, he just wasn't 100% healthy. Obviously a big fan of his game. So I got 16. I got Ferrer locked in, Aronson, Wea, Pulisic, Reyna. And those guys are locks. locks. So if you guys want to chime in on this, that means there's 10 spots available. Let us know in the comments. I think you're already doing that. But hit us up on Twitter as well, ISWT Pod, if you're listening to this on any audio platform and fame of your choice. But yeah, that's that's the show. That was a good one. That I like when show. we break down the games and kind of see what the guys have coming up. I think that's really cool and a nice way for us to kind of get into the roster overall. Uh, everybody's saying they noticed your sync shirt. Uh, hopefully they noticed my limited edition hey both of these shirts are worth more money than when we got them you know? totally uh, i agree with you 100 these are hard to get i had to go all the way to london to pick this one up <laughs> well, and, and and arsenal are good right now so that helps they are good it's yeah. worth wearing but i'm just trying to put out the matt turner vibes because i want him to start against manchester united this weekend at Old hey, Jimmy, my my closing thought is a shout out to justin morin who's who's the one that um had that graphic and does some really cool stats and stuff on on twitter uh that i got it from the, the graphic of like the 11 players and the teams that they play on uh, oh, I wanted to I wanted to give that shout out just That's before nice. I forget because of people that, that 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 do the work should uh, get their name. Are you telling me people it. rip other people's work on the internet and make it their well, own? Well, to be fair, he admitted that, that he, he ripped the idea from somebody. He did say he ripped the idea from somebody else, but added the graphics to give it more context. So you know, I don't, I don't, I don't. Wow! Care about imagine, yeah. imagine ripping somebody else's stuff and making it your own on the internet. I just can't believe that that happened. I would never. I would. I would. Never, I would never do that. Every idea is an original one. Every idea is original. That is crazy. Just like having your own soccer podcast about the U.S. Men's National Team. All right, everybody, that is the show. So on behalf of producer Des, producer Alex, and I guess Charlie Davies, and of course Hollywood Heath Pierce, I'm Jimmy Trashcan Conrad saying thank you for listening and watching this episode of In Soccer We Trust. And we'll see you on Monday for a very special one with Mr. Brian McBride, an absolute legend for any club that he played for and, of course, for his country. We'll see you then. Later. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. 
For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.